1: get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing
2: Company, Golden, Colorado. Should DeAndre Swift be the first pick in rookie drafts? How good is Chubba Hubbard? And who will be this year's surprise? We're talking running back prospects on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, bro? Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by MyBookie and Untuck I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Mr. Matthew Friedman. What's going on, Matt? Not much. Uh,
1: just, you know, looking through my dynasty rookie rankings, getting ready to talk about these running
2: backs nice so we talked about quarterback prospects last episode for me I think running back is the most fun position to talk about uh as we evaluate prospects prior to the draft um as of now who is your rb1 is it deandre swift yeah uh
1: I think so he's you know very solid super young Um, you know, I think as we're recording this, he's still 20. So going to be 21 years old as a rookie. He has pretty good size, 215 pounds, five-star recruit, uh, was productive for multiple seasons at Georgia, uh, which has a history of identifying strong running backs and developing them into, uh, NFL caliber players. So, uh, a lot to like about him. Um, if you wanted to make an argument for some of the other guys, namely Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins or Travis Etienne, uh, I would be fine with that. Like, I I understand the cases for all of those guys, and some of this really just might depend on landing spot and the amount of usage we think any of these guys is likely to get in year one.
2: Yep, to add some perspective to this, um, in his junior season had a rushing yards market share of 50%, um, had 44% of the temps did get involved, um, as a receiver, 24 receptions as a senior 32, uh, as a sophomore averaged 6.24 yards per carry in his last season, 6.44 the season prior to that. Uh, so like Matt said, you know, he does kind of fit into that. Really solid profile that we've seen now from a number of the Georgia backs. I think that when all is said and done prior to the draft, he'll probably be my number one, uh, but time will tell. Before we get to the rest of the prospects, quick reminder head to rotoviz.com forward slash podcasts to get a 10% off discount on a year long rotoviz subscription. We will have you covered with so much information all of on all of these prospects, uh, so you definitely don't want to miss out on that. And also, your time is really running out to get in on that NFL action in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, so definitely head to mybookie.ag, take advantage of all of the props that they're going to have, the variety of sports, so many different things to bet on at mybookie. It's just as important where you place your bets as the actual bets that you make. My bookie is the place that I play at. Great customer service, quick payouts, and again, just so many different things to bet on. You'll always have fun with My bookie, MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor, who I'm sure a number of people will end up with as their highest ranked running back prospect, if not their number one 2020 prospect overall running back from Wisconsin. What do you like about him?
1: Well, he was super productive uh, for three straight seasons um some people are kind of using that against him like he got so many carries that he's uh not going to be able to function the way that you would want him to in the nfl um like just you know the the wear is worn or not the wear what is it the uh something the something tire tires. yeah a so, lot of tread on the tires Yes, the tread on the tires it's, yes it's worn yes we're just gonna... although
2: actually i think it's people say a lot of tread on the but don't you actually want tread so there's not a lot of tread on the tires maybe yes. that's the expression yes that yes yeah.
1: obviously like the the tread yeah. is worn so uh you know there's there's less rubber on the tires for him now i mean we're yes. just we're killing it here so anyway <laughs> uh you know some people are holding that against him but uh i honestly don't think it's it's that big of a deal like you look at yeah. guys like derrick henry like they've just been doing it forever and uh uh you know on an old study by fantasy douche back in the day uh you know he found that it's like there are very few things that are correlated for running backs between college and NFL um but uh you know guys who actually have i mean this is going to sound like really obvious but guys who just have a ton of yards in college, end up having, uh, you know, a ton of yards in the NFL, more or less, like there's the correlation there. And then yardage is correlated with the number of carries and receptions that a guy gets. So uh, I'm not really too worried about it. Um, He's not a great pass catcher, but he did get significantly better, or at least they used him more in his junior season. So uh, I think that at least answers some of the concerns with him as well.
2: Yeah, um, a two thousand yard season in twenty eighteen, nineteen, and that was only on twelve games. Um, nineteen hundred in twenty nineteen, in terms of touchdowns, fifteen in twenty eighteen, twenty one touchdowns, which I'm sure some people will love in his junior season. Um, you know, it's a pretty impressive body of work that you have to point to there. Behind Taylor, um, and I didn't do these necessarily in order of how it seems like players are being viewed because I didn't want to kind of like bias what your or kind of like I wanted to be able to react to what your opinion is on these guys if you will perhaps my favorite name in this draft Chuba Hubbard uh, and I actually believe that some people are starting to kind of get behind him I don't know how much is uh, of that is the name where are you on Chuba? yeah I think it's actually Chuba. Um, okay. Chuba, but I, I might be, uh, wrong. I don't like it as much then. Right.
1: But I I might be wrong. But, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot to like about him, uh, 21 years old. Uh, so like he has the youth, but then also, um, he's only played two seasons because he's a red short soft, a red shirt sophomore. So like you could maybe like that from the perspective of like, oh, he has fewer carries on his body. You know, like if you're into that sort of stuff. So, uh, pretty <laughs> good, pretty good receiving back as well. Uh, and, you know, reported to be a good athlete too. um, you know, six one, two hundred and seven 207 pounds. So he has pretty good size. Uh, I like him quite a bit. Um, I have him in my top 12, uh, you know, like overall in, in rookie rankings and 21 years old, uh, just, yeah, I mean, there are so many 21 year old running backs in this class that uh, it's kind of unbelievable, but uh, yeah, he's one of those guys. And I think he offers a lot of value and I would expect him to be a lead back one day.
2: Yeah. And another player with impressive touchdown and rushing accumulation uh, in his final college season, 1,936 yards and 21 touchdowns. So another player that I think will become pretty popular. Also, he really was responsible for the overwhelming majority of backfield work at oklahoma state uh 77 of rushing attempts in 2019 something that we always like to see cam Akers out of florida state a player that had a lot of hype very early on in, in his career as fsu kind of trended downwards i think that hype surrounding him uh kind of disappeared a little bit i think he's still a fairly big name um but I don't think he's one of those players that's going to be real high on draft boards heading into 2020. Uh, where is he for you? Middle of the road? Does he find his way to the top of your board? Yeah,
1: I actually still like him. Um, yep. He's still in the top 12 of uh, you know rookie dynasty rankings for me, uh, and for you know a lot of the same reasons uh, as these other guys. He's 21. Uh, he was productive in college. Uh, he came into college you know with uh, you know like a four or five star pedigree. Um, he didn't really do anything in college to make you think that he can't be a lead back in the NFL, had 30 receptions in his junior season, you know, for 2019. Yep. Um, there's like, I don't, I don't look at his profile and see anything that is like blatantly wrong with it. Like, I don't know right. why anyone would actually be low on him.
2: So I think why people could be low on him is just going back to the expectations that might have been set up for him that then perhaps he didn't live up to. Of course, if you look at the numbers and you don't know that they're still pretty strong, but the thing that you should keep in mind with cam Akers is his rookie or not his rookie, his freshman season, 1024 yards, seven rushing touchdowns um, on just 194 rushing attempts that season, a pretty tumultuous season at Florida state 2018, just 706 yards. A key thing there is they probably had the worst offensive line in the entire country. I'm not talking power five conferences, probably the worst offensive line in the entire country. There's a number of times where they had players playing that honestly probably shouldn't even been playing like on Juco teams. It was that bad. And then you see a bit of a rebound um, in 2019 uh, back to 1144 yards 14 touchdowns on 231 attempts but w- what i'm saying here is if you're looking purely at the numbers there's going to be some context there that is lost that's not to say that i think ham Akers is by and large you know one of the top backs in this class but i think that he's a lot better than people might be giving him credit for that are unaware of those circumstances yeah i think that's fair Ever see an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck it, the original button-down shirt, actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck it shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages untuck it fits your frame no matter what your size is as they are custom to you choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs super soft flannels outerwear and more with untuck it your shirts will never look baggy belgy too long or too big again and their website is so easy to use they have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit Untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Okay, Travis Etienne currently playing in the national championship game is actually, I don't know if I can say that, but I think he was playing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, as we record this, um, another player that's very high on people's draft boards, where's he fall for you?
1: Yeah, I think he's in the mix uh, for like the number one overall spot. It just depends. Uh, like, like when sorting between DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Travis 18, and JK Dobbins, uh, I think a lot of it is just going to come down to draft position and landing spot slash opportunity. So he's right in there with those guys, uh, 21 years old has decent size, 5'10", 210 pounds. Uh, So, you know, like nothing to dislike about him uh, from that perspective. Came into college with, you know, a high recruiting profile. Um, I don't pay too much attention to touchdowns because that's, you know, just kind of random. But even though he wasn't like really the lead back for Clemson in his uh, his rookies or not rookie, but his Like his first year, uh, his freshman year, he was he split carries uh, basically evenly with Tavian Feaster. And then Kelly Bryant was actually like the main guy who was getting a lot of the rushing workload, even though he was the quarterback. Uh, So even though like E.T. wasn't really like a lead runner as a freshman, he still led the team with 13 rushing touchdowns and then totally took over the backfield in 2018 and 2019. And especially in 19 really developed as a receiver or showed rather what he could do as a pass catcher, Uh, 32 receptions, 396 receiving yards, four touchdowns. Um, You know, I think he's a complete three down back.
2: Yeah. And to that touchdown total that you mentioned, 58 total touchdowns, of course, playing for Clemson helps. You're also going to see, if you look at his numbers, um, 1,658 yards in 15 games as a, sophomore fifteen hundred and thirteen as a junior um seven point nine six yards per carry on his career, of course, I think playing at Clemson certainly helps with that, but if you are looking at the body of work, it's really hard to deny that, so we've gone through, I think the top three players that people are going to be talking about. another pretty big name, j k. Dobbins from Ohio State. Um, I kind of like him as well. Maybe not as much as those top three, but another intriguing name in what's shaping up to be a very uh, deep class. Yeah, I think some people
1: probably will have him as their number one runner at least okay. en- entering the draft. But um, yep.
2: you know, for me, the
1: big difference between the three that you mentioned and Dobbins is that they're all a year younger. Um right. And you know that matters for running backs just in terms of NFL longevity, and it matters in terms of. Uh, kind of calibrating what it was that they did in college, uh, and you know, like obviously RodaVis has done a lot of work on this, but uh, you know, similar production between a 22 year old and a 21 year old always emphasizes the 21 year old. So, uh, you know, that said, Dobbins isn't quite as impressive in comparison to those other guys, but there's still a lot to like about him, and he was a three year workhorse. Uh, who, you know, really owned the backfield for Ohio state. And especially in his 2019 junior season, uh, you know, really flashed as a runner Uh, and he's always had, you know, like at a minimum, like decent receiving capabilities. So uh, I mean, there's, there's really nothing to dislike about so many of the runners in this class. It's just going to come down to what is their draft status and what's their landing spot.
2: For sure, I mean, just to put things in perspective here with dobbins, one thousand four hundred yards uh, in two thousand and seventeen, one thousand and eighteen one thousand eight hundred twenty nine and nineteen and forty two total touchdowns. so we're looking at a class where this guy on some lists could be ranked number four with that type of body of work, which is pretty incredible
1: yeah, um, I mean, absolutely this is I, I mean like it's a blanket statement, everyone kind of knows this, but uh, I mean, this is the class to have like late first rounders, uh, and early second rounders. Like those are the guys you want because in a lot of other years they could be drafted in the top
2: six. Right. You know, it's kind of like that class that had Barkley Chubb and Geis, but do you think this class could be better? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. It's, um, I'm going to get like my, my years mixed up. Um, I'll just say that I know that, but, um, was it like was 2007 like the awesome
2: uh running back here i think i can't remember it was six or seven yeah uh I think I'm about to tell you right here. Yeah. So anyway,
1: like one of those classes, uh, it's the one that is before, isn't it's, the one with It's with, 2000. J- with it's 2008. It's 2008. Oh, okay, 2008. 2008. Like the Matt, the yep. Matt mat Forte year where there were like so many guys drafted, uh, in the first three rounds at the running back position. It is, uh, I think a class that is on par with that. Um, and then, on top of that, you have layered on this awesome wide receiver class, which I think probably doesn't surpass, but like rivals the 2014 wide receiver class,
2: like, which is it, absurd.
1: Yeah, Like this is just like a bounty of rookie magnificence. So like, this is the year to load up on rookie picks.
2: All right. Before we, before we kind of talk about that, um, maybe not just in the rookie pick context, but I, w- I want to talk about startups there quickly. But A.J. Dillon, I think another name worth mentioning from Boston College, another guy, just tremendous uh, college production, 40 total touchdowns uh, as a freshman, nearly 1,600 rushing yards, 11,018. Over 1600 again in 2019, really impressive body of work for him as well. Not uh, quite as strong as some of the other names we mentioned as a receiver.
1: Yeah, he, he offers almost nothing in the pass catching game. Um, he's very uh, like Derrick Henry or Legarrette Blount. Uh, you know, like he, right now he's listed at six feet, two hundred and fifty pounds. So like, <laughs> you know, like he is yep. a big boy. So like you just have to see like what his actual size is and then what his athleticism is. But like he is a true uh, like a true grinder. Like yep. that's how he's going to be used. And um, I will just be curious to see um, how much the NFL values that uh, and how much uh, Dynasty players value that because I I could see him going lower than he should yep. just because he doesn't have the pass catching ability. And so like in a way like his flaw might make him uh more valuable in in rookie drafts
2: right because i think that you can reach a situation where um it doesn't really matter, right? So it's like if he was a 30%, 40% catch uh, pass catcher, for a player like him, does that really matter? Probably not as much because teams aren't going to be using him as a receiver to begin with. So really what's going to matter is if he finds a team where they want to just purely use his rushing ability and then can he succeed in that area? Um, Because it's not the type of player you're going to be looking at as like a Christian McCaffrey pick, you know, that type of player. So we know that. Um, But what I did want to ask about was, With as good of a class as this uh, 2020 class appears to be, do you think this creates a nice chance to pop into startups and forego rookies altogether? Because you know we're going to see a thing where people are really going to be intrigued to start loading up on these rookies.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Startup strategies is always interesting. And like, I have always kind of had the perspective. I said always like I've done it twice, but uh, like had <laughs> had the perspective that um, I don't mind loading up on older players, knowing that I might lose them within two to three years. And then trying to let and, and like the strategy for it is trading down in the startup uh, startup draft yep. Uh, knowing that some of the older players are going to slip and they might provide value. You can draft them at a discount. They provide value for like one to three years. Um, they leave your team, but you can replace them with the extra rookie picks that you picked up while trading down. So that's the strategy that I uh, I kind of prefer the most. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like in startups, I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to think about like so much of it is league dependent and yeah. uh, you know like if, if I do a startup it would be like with people who are in the industry and so like it's just it's a totally different mindset that you have to have when drafting with people who like really know what they're doing
2: yeah that definitely kind of warps the uh, perspective that you might have um, any other running backs that I didn't mention that you're uh, pretty keen on Yeah, I mean, like there were,
1: so there are two other 21 year old running backs uh, who have gotten hype at various points. Clyde Edwards Hilar, who's playing in the national championship game for LSU, Uh, he's 21. You know, like he was very productive uh, at LSU. Like we don't know yet if he's entering the draft, but uh, my inclination is that he will. Uh, And, you know, like, so didn't do much in his first two seasons, but uh, as a junior, really came on. Uh, Another guy, Eno Benjamin, is 21. Right. And uh, he had a pretty good career at Arizona State, uh, especially in his second and third seasons, you know, like really coming on as the lead back and had, uh, I believe, like 77 receptions uh, in his two final seasons. So, like, he can get it done as a pass catcher. And then, uh, like, the sign of how deep this class is, Uh, Is that we haven't even mentioned an Alabama running back yet, (laughs) which like in in a normal year, it's like, oh, who's the Alabama running back coming out this year? Who's going to be a lead back? Um, And it might be uh, Najee Harris, uh, who like we don't I'm not sure if he's actually declared, but most of these Alabama backs, you know, leave as soon as they can. Uh, And, uh, you know, he was a part-timer in his first two seasons, um, but he entered with, you know, uh, a a lot of recruiting hype. And uh, as a junior, he was the guy, had over 1,500 scrimmage yards and 20 touchdowns, uh, you know, 21 years old, sorry, 22 years old. So, like, he doesn't have, like, quite the shine that some of these other guys have, but 6'2", 230 pounds, like... Uh, I mean, it's not hard to imagine him being an NFL lead back at some point. Those are the three guys, uh, that we haven't talked about yet that I like the most.
2: Yep. It's still unclear. Uh, the last that I heard about Harris, um, it doesn't look like it looks more like he's going to return to Alabama okay. um, than declare, but I don't think that it's official. So, you know, who knows? Uh, it's it's interesting, too. You know, um, I think if you're trying to get in the perspective of one of these players in such a deep class, if you know that it's kind of like uh, a risk to go back and do the do the next year. But, you know, what if you do go back to school and then you end up going around or two higher than you would have? It's got to be a really tough decision to make.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you just come out, you come out as soon as you can, because like why and more and more guys are getting this mentality. Like why put all of that extra stress on your body for, for nothing basically like for, for no payment. And you know, that if you come out now, yeah, maybe you drop a little bit, but like, maybe you don't. And I think most of these guys have the mentality that they can like, they're competitive, that like they can beat the other guys that they will be in competition with for the position. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, better, better to get paid than basically be like an indentured servant for another year.
2: Yeah. And, and, and risk so much. Yeah. Um, I, Yeah, I mean, I completely get these guys that leave early. I think if I weren't in that position, that's probably what I would do, too. Any final names that you wanted to mention?
1: No, I mean, like one more guy who's gotten some hype is Zach Moss from Utah, um, who I believe. Let me just type him in really quick. Yeah, like he was a lead back starting his sophomore year, and uh, he's a big bodied guy, was never really like super dynamic as a pass catcher, but was functional and is just, like, that bruising, you know, like, 5'10", 222 pounds, um, like, Robert Turbin-esque, like, type of player. And, like, that doesn't sound all that great, but, um, like, you, like, you can imagine, like, a world where he's uh, an, an older but still decent, like, Alexander Madison. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he, could, he could be functional as a number two back who maybe gets a chance to
2: become a lead back. I feel like Moss is the type of player who, <laughs> as we get closer to the draft, I'm going to like end up really liking, um, but time will tell. And, of course, as we mentioned before, uh, all of this is going to change when we find out these player speed scores. Yeah. Even though speed score really steered me wrong on Devin Singletary, something we'll talk about uh, yeah, in well, the summer. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, every, everyone was wrong about Devin Singletary except for maybe like a few people, and I, I feel like those people – Uh, Even though they were right about Singletary, they they are wrong on so many other players because of their process.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better, but we will talk about Devin Singletary probably further down the line because we still have a very exciting wide receiver class to talk about and then uh we have tight ends the other thing that i have been meaning to make a sound effect drop of uh, incorporating many times that you say a big bodied back uh and, and maybe I'll, I'll add in some type of homage to the sec in there as well so listeners can look forward to that someday it's coming
1: yeah and, and you got to mention alabama too
2: Right. Yes. Yes. Of course. I mean, because
1: Derrick Henry is, you know, I I wouldn't say he's the original big-bodied Alabama back. Like Mark Ingram is is maybe the original there. Uh, uh, of course, like original in the present day, you could go back to Sean Alexander as you know, like someone who's maybe the original there. But uh, yeah, uh, Derrick Did, Henry is the prototype.
2: Yeah. Did Trent Richardson classify for you as a big-bodied? I don't. I don't think he would have made the cutoff. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was like. 215 220 like when when he entered the league like he counted so wait though where
2: is your cutoff for big bodied oh okay yeah i guess trent richardson was 228 well but i think that might have i would need to sort of like go back
1: into the database and look at this like i don't know if trent richardson was 228 when he was entering the league like i think that might have been after a few seasons but um okay yep let me let me check this out Great radio, by the way. No, yeah, the 59228. He was definitely thick.
2: Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, big bodied Alabama backs. Nothing better. But we will be back next week. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at MattFTheOracle. Thanks to my bookie and Untucket for sponsoring the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, remember it's not a fantasy if you believe it.